This is Stephen Cognetti, director of Hell House LLC. You're listening to Fright Fights. Boils and ghouls. Turn out the lights. And keep the popcorn coming. Because it's time for another episode of Fright Fights Podcast. Fright Fights Podcast. Get ready for your gore gang. Tyler Cavett, Chris Lax, and Mike McKinney. Tackling horror news, reviews, and fight for their survival. Coming to you from the Fright Fights Fear Lodge. Get ready to sink your fangs into a battle that will make your blood run cold. This is Fright Fights. Is Fright Fights. I wanted to welcome everybody to a very special episode of Fright Fights Podcast because we have somebody with us today who has scared the living shit out of us with one of the most terrifying clowns in horror history. And we are talking about Stephen Cognetti, the director of Hell House LLC. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Where are you based out of again? We're at Kentucky. Well, it's kind of where we're in a tri-state area. So me yep. and Chris um, is both from Kentucky. Mike's from West Virginia, but we're only about 10 minutes away from one another. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, yeah. it's a tri-state area. So it's like Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia meet. And that you guys do get a lot of snow in that area, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It depends on the year. We've had <laughs> some really big snows and not so big snows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But it's, it actually seems like in the last few weeks, like every week, there's like a huge storm system that just moves right across the country. It starts in California, hits the Midwest, and it's like by the by the end of the week, the north, you know, the northeast is getting crushed. I know, like, like either tons yeah. of wind and rain or snow or something. We're in one yes. of those positions where uh, one day it'll be like negative fifteen degrees, and then the next day it'll be sixty-five. <laughs> Yeah. So the way you dress in our area, you wear a winter coat in the morning and then in the evening you wear shorts and a t-shirt. So <laughs> that's how that's exactly how it is. Honestly. You, just, you, you just you just never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I hate that. I, I need something. I need consistency. I need to know, you know, how I'm going to dress for the entire day. Not not, not fluctuations. So yeah, yeah don't kids here, too. Right? you never know how to dress kids when the when the when the weather's uh, fluctuating. Like oh, that. yeah. I guess I'll start off with the first uh, question, Stephen, if you don't care. Um, and I just want to start with the basics. You know, Stephen, uh, kind of tell us your story. Uh, what started filmmaking for you and what what really got your interest? Um, good question. I, I've, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to make uh, make movies. It's a very tough field to break into. So, um, you know, I went to school for it. Uh, Temple University, I graduated from in Philadelphia. I did their film program uh, and uh, it's just, it's not one of those careers where you could just go to school for it and then get entry level directing jobs. It's just, you know, it's very, you gotta, it's just, it's just a crazy field to get it. It's, it's tough. Uh, 
Um, and you got to find your own path and do whatever you can to get into it. Um, I decided my way of making films was going to be through horror, even though um, when I was in film school, I never thought I was going to make horror films. I always enjoyed the genre, but I found out that um, horror is a good uh, path for young filmmakers to get into because um, you don't need a lot of money to make a good horror film. You just need some good scares. And uh, it's just like in different genres, uh, comedy, drama, uh, you need a lot of money because you need nameless actors and uh, A-list actors and uh, just names. Um, and you just need a lot of things that you don't need on the horror side. And you see that all the time. There's so many success stories of uh, indie horror films finding audiences yep. and that's the toughest thing with uh independent filmmaking is just finding an audience and i think it's a lot easier in the horror genre because horror fans are just like the best fans they're, they're, there's a there it's like you know everyone we have our horror family we all love horror films we we talk about them we debate them um and and just being in that and making uh movies in that within that uh within that genre it's just uh it, it's been awesome and i think it's just a good route and how to break into filmmaking because just the audience is there die hard uh best audience there is yeah you, you yeah definitely definitely broke into it with hell house i mean that movie is one of the most terrifying films that i've seen in a very very long time we're i mean grown men are scared of this movie so that's <laughs> that's an accomplishment right there i think it's the realism of it and and that's uh making going the i think the documentary route added to the realism and i always say that um the more real any scare feels the more terrifying that scare is and um that, that's why i think found footage uh people love them because i think found footage is a different it doesn't feel like a movie it feels like something real um uh, and so i think that that just adds another element to a scare uh and and that, that's why it's terrifying. i like um you know Blair Witch is utterly terrifying and not really much happens in Blair Witch when you think about it but it's just so terrifying because you just they scare you with the unknown and it just feels so real um I say the same thing about the my favorites um one of the movies that inspired Hell House was um Lake Mungo I'm such a big fan of that that movie and it just feels like such a real documentary um and they don't do a lot they you, know, you don't need to do a lot um when you just make a an eerie uh, situation feels so real that's enough and and that's i think that's a great um subgenre that's why found footage is, is so uh well received yeah well i just yeah. have to commend you oh go ahead chris i'm sorry i was just gonna say uh sometimes what you don't see is usually the most terrifying thing because your mind is the more creative part exactly. so it's yeah. what you're picturing yeah yep fear of the unknown um, really quick i just I, I really have to commend you when, when you said found footage because personally for me watching hell house all three but watching the original i felt like i was there i felt like i was holding the camera mm -hmm. and i was in place i was there i felt it and uh, what really you you what you really executed very well was like the subtle scares it's not about the like the the jump out the most terrifying mm -hmm. But it was the bothering, like, you know, with the clown head move or just little bits and pieces. You executed that very well, the subtle scares. And I really have to commend you on that. Um, and, and just the whole point of just making the audience felt like they were living the movie. And I thought you did it very well. Oh, thank you. Thanks for saying that. And that's what I it's my favorite kind of scare is the subtle scare. 
I don't like uh, I don't like the, the scares that hit you over the head. I try to stay away from them when I can. Um, I think we did end up doing a few of those in two and three, though. But one is is really like everything I love about horror in, in one movie. And it's just the, the creepy things that happen in the background. And uh, um, I would say like um, one of my favorite moments in more recent horror is um, uh, the movie The Strangers with uh, uh, Liv Tyler. And I just love that moment where she picks she's on the phone and you just see that. The thing that it was outside is in the house with her. Just you get that really that quick peek in the background of it. Doesn't do anything. It's just standing there, and it's so terrifying and effective. And I love that. Yes. Oh yeah, that was probably one of the most terrifying moments in modern film history I can remember. Is whenever yeah, it's so good. I I love it, and it's just and that's the kind of scare that always uh, was inspiring me through every draft of Hell House was to keep things subtle. And I also think that also keeps things believable a little bit and also adds a little bit. It's just, that's just the best kind of scare there is, the solid scares. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I would ask kind of like, obviously the state of horror in terms of found footage, it continues to kind of evolve. So we start out with, you know, back in the 70s, kind of like more of a mockumentary style, which is yeah. kind of like what Hell House is. And then it kind of goes into more like the Blair Witch and then we see, you know, how else come out and it continues to re, you know, redesign and re-evolve that entire subgenre. So whenever you look at that, was, was there ever a time, I don't know if like Hell House is always in your head, you always wanted to make it, or was there ever a time that you was like, you know, now is the time it is appropriate to make Hell House, you know, now it was always like designed to be like a found footage of that kind of like style. No, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, I, I wrote it to be a narrative, just a traditional narrative story. Like, like it was a haunt, a, a group of people put on a haunted house where things go wrong and every draft of the script, uh, it just evolved as they write. And um, uh, until one point I just realized I love the angle more of like doing, and I always described it as like 60 minutes uh, dateline, um, an episode where instead of investigating, you know, some guy murdered his wife, let's talk about like ghosts. Like what if it's like, you know, Dateline meets a good ghost story and we try to figure out that mystery that way. And then I, and then what I, that's when that idea started kicking off. And then when I saw Lake Mungo, I realized that you could make a scary movie through the fake doc, um, lens. And, and I took, and I, and so I, I, I went, I went about, trying to evolve the story around uh, the the doc um, datelines, sit down interview, replaying footage angle. And I love that angle more. And so the, the, the subsequent drafts of the script were all from that, from that vantage point, putting away the old um, elements of the story where it was going to be just a traditional narrative. And I found it just, the story just flowed so much better and uh and then i just kept on going that way with it and i, I just feel like yeah just like you know it, it, doing found footage saves you in a lot like we're able to do it on a budget because it's found footage but also it's just and just served the story better doing it that way anyway so and, and so no it wasn't like always in my head to do a found footage and the time is right um it just took it just takes ideas for me just take a while to evolve um they start off as seeds and over a while you write drafts you write drafts you hate the drafts you don't go back to those drafts for a couple months and you come back to them again something else clicks and and it's a lot of subway travel drives back and forth up uh, on down the a train in new york um a lot of a lot of light bulbs clicking to get the that draft uh, that we shot uh, for hell house well, yeah so uh well one of the one of the main factors in the film is the Abaddon Hotel itself. The It's yeah. one of the main characters of the movie. So how did you go about finding such a creepy and unique location? 
Um, so then that's another thing that evolved. It was originally a haunted house. Um, uh, it was a, the haunted house was in an actual house, I mean, and, um, and an abandoned house, not an abandoned hotel. And uh, one of the things that clicked early on with the story was I was driving out uh, in New Jersey, outside of Manhattan, and I, and I was driving through Rockland County. And I found this uh, really cool abandoned house. And some abandoned structures always inspire me, um, story-wise. Um, you just think of like something that happened in there, what happened in there. And um, I took a picture of this house. It's actually on my Twitter feed. My my um, my uh, uh, pin tweet is the house, the abandoned house, and 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 that just like started the story. The you know it's, it's a group out of Manhattan. They move out to Rockland County for some reason to put on their their haunted house. Um, but then I realized that an abandoned house wasn't really going to be ideal shooting conditions. So um, I started looking out to real haunted houses, uh, Halloween haunted house attractions and reaching out to them and saying like, can we shoot there? And, and I found this uh, place called uh, the Waldorf Estate of Fear. It's in Pennsylvania. And it's only, it's about an hour and a half outside of New York City. And I met the, the owner, Angie Moyer, and she's just the best person that could have been, I could have teamed up with for this job because she just, she lives and breathes horror films and uh, and everything horror. And she she created this haunt out of this old hotel. And when I toured it, I showed her the script and she and I just walked through the house and we were just like, we do scenes here. We do the, the scene 28 can take place here. This could be Paul's room. And it just fit perfectly. Um, so it's just, uh, just got lucky that I met up with Angie because um, I think uh, she brought a lot to the film. Um, she was our set, um, our production designer, um, and uh, as well on the on the film too so she and she played just a, an integral role in getting in finding her was 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 very good and it's, it's a cool place to film it's such a it, the place is a maze it's it's uh claustrophobic it's everything you want uh in a horror location there's a lot of fun to shoot in yeah i don't know if i'd ever have the the guts to go into it after watching the movie it's <laughs> you made it yeah. seem so scary yeah it's um, i mean it's something we did like uh, that's one thing like we would talk about when we were filming the first one um we would someone would ask the question like um ask uh one of like was an actor or something like that we're all it's like 10 o'clock at night we're leaving go back to our hotels mm -hmm. after a day of shooting the hotel is dark and quiet and no, nobody's there no lights are on we just like would you go down to the basement like can we dare you to go down to the basement right now on your own and you know nobody would want to do it though but i i wrote that idea into hell house three one of them asking the actor to do that and they do yeah, go down yeah. to the clown and so i just it's just like a, a, a real gag we played on each other while making hell house one i wrote as a real scare in hell house three speaking of that did did you have the intention of of being a trilogy like you said like you mentioned the third one like you know betting somebody to go down so this brings me to my next question did you have from the beginning to now did you see this growing as fast as i mean growing as as it is now i i no i i didn't i knew that it could be because when i wrote and when i when i said i wrote the first draft of the script and it was a narrative uh traditional narrative and not a found footage it had a lot more story and a lot more background and a lot of elements that you lose when you go found footage so when i changed it to found footage i lost a lot of those elements and i always knew those elements were there and I always would joke to people as we're making one, um, people are like, why is this and this? And I'd be like, oh, don't worry, I'll explain that in the sequel. You know, joking, never thinking I would <laughs> make a sequel. Um, 
and uh and then and then i was eventually was fortunate enough to actually come back and try to flesh out more of the story that had always been there um with two and three and uh and, and so on so it, it, there was always like this bigger world behind the original movie that was always there um only because the story got cut down so much and you can't explain there's a lot of exposition stuff you can't do in found footage that you can um and narrative uh, so uh, it, it was just it just happened that i was like oh i think i can tell more of this story that i cut out um in the subsequent two and three but uh it was never like the original intention it just happened because it was always, the story was there gotcha did anything change with um so you mentioned how it was a narrative story before yeah. and it went to found footage was there any specific <clears throat> moments in the script that was completely changed for that since like the filming style did change um uh a few things changed um the opening scene with the the tour gone wrong um that was one of the biggest things that i i added to the ver the newest version was having that incident that we try to go back and, and unravel um and it the way it was narratively it was just this group goes to this haunted house in a very linear fashion um uh just telling the story they get there things start happening to them um they decide should we put it on or not but then i decided if you do a documentary style i can add this whole opening where something goes wrong and show what goes wrong and and kind of leave it a mystery like but what went wrong we don't know what ha like something happened on this opening night and show it that way and then go back and try to tell the story through found footage um and so i think that was the biggest change i think for 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 the better um when the script evolved i think it, a lot of other story elements evolved including that like how do we open the film and i think that made it a better opening i love the idea of being introduced to a mystery and then spending an incident that you don't know anything about something happens it's crazy and you spend the rest of the film kind of going back behind the scenes and figuring out why did x y and z happen why did we see what we saw um and and that was one of the biggest changes most of the scares were still were always there from the original i always say the, like the, the one of the things that first scare that popped in my mind whenever when I had the idea for Hellas was the was the clown at the bottom of the steps and they wake up in the middle of the night and walk down to see it. That was always there. I always wanted that that clown to be moved around the house and them finding it and and just having to slowly approach it in the middle of the night in the dark. That would that scare was always there. Um, a lot of the a strobe light scare was always there. Um, that it just like. So the scares really didn't evolve too much. Um, they just kind of changed. I guess the, the context changed a little bit when they happened, who they happened to. Um, but the scares were there. It's just kind of the, the story, the bigger story around it changed a lot. Uh, but I just, I was always so excited to film that that clown gag at the bottom because that was like the, one of the first scares I thought of like ever mm -hmm. in my life because it's the first horror movie I wrote. So <laughs> it's like, you know, I just wanted to film uh, and, it, and I'm so glad it came out well. And um, and a lot of people love the clown stuff because um, and I'm just so happy that worked out. And I just want to keep all that clown stuff very subtle. And our clown worked out well. Um, and that was that was a tough thing, getting getting the clown. <laughs> it was just tough to find, you know, get the right one because every clown mask you see or anything, everything's overly exaggerated to like, you know, the red noses and all this stuff. And, and I wanted something so basic and simple and um so it took a, it took a lot to get what we finally landed on, but we you know with the clown we landed on worked uh, worked well I think. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I have to say though what you said you know keeping it subtle. Um, one moment in your in your first movie, 
the strobe light scene where they're kind of doing the walk through through the haunted house. Mm-hmm. Man, all right. So I was watching this movie by myself downstairs in my living room with the lights out the very first time. And when I when I seen that scene, the strobe <laughs> light, and I I still kind of get goosebumps, you know, kind of looking over my shoulder in a way. But the strobe lights, and you know, it's going in and out, it's going in and out, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, these figures in the middle of the walkway, and then you don't. Yeah, dude. Awesome job. I mean, awesome freaking job because still to this day, that is the highlight. What kind of it terrifies me because that could happen. You know, you're like, you're walking in. Did I just see something? What was that? Um, The clown. Absolutely. Hands down. Amazing. But the strobe light scene. I mean, genius mind on that. I I got it. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I didn't know how that was going to turn out. I mean, yeah, I didn't know how that was going to turn out. Um, it was a lot of um, uh, tricky. It's a lot of tricky editing, though, because the camera we're filming on doesn't really pick up the strobe too well. Like it's a whole frame rate thing, and and some of the frames are like cut out. It's it's really it was a technical thing that I didn't really understand going into it when we shot it. But in post, I was really like, I'm like, this is going to be a tough cut because you had to select certain frames. So when the when it did light up, I would steal certain frames bring them in or extend it like the frame would only be the the flash light would only be a frame long and i would extend it to like maybe three frames just so you get the impact more a little bit but it was a tricky edit i'm glad it worked out because yeah that was another one of the original scares that i wrote um and uh it's it's just a cool thing because every haunted house has a strobe light so you need you need something to have it's like what would be a a a haunted house scary movie without a strobe light scene and it's (laughs) so thank you for saying that i appreciate it Oh yeah, absolutely. And the, and the scene, you know, what we did with Paul, um, Gore Abrams, uh, he when he runs out of that room and jumps over the bar and he throws up. That was he really threw up. So, oh wow, did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he that's threw crazy. he threw up. That, that's authentic. Um, that's authentic vomit you see there on camera. But uh, he uh, he was struggling though because he was uh, severely hungover. He was out drinking the night before. <laughs> the cat had a great time. That's the thing about the cast and why a lot of people um, uh, think the, the cast was so well, um, they did such a great job and, and they meshed on camera because they meshed um, off camera too. They were just, they've become lifelong friends. They've been, they, they still keep in touch and, and um, some of them still work together on other projects and, uh, and the, the five of them were great. They all got along so well on set, always hanging out. Um, and sometimes they hung out um, off set too much. <laughs> and uh and as as evidenced by uh paul having to do uh he had only had to do like a few takes of jumping over that bar but the last one sent him over the edge and he threw up so <laughs> that's great that's that's a good uh fun insider there yeah how did you assemble the cast was it kind of just like a jaw fall into place for you or did you have to like audition a bunch of people you audition a lot of people yeah um uh it was it was just a few days of bringing people in we rented a space um and uh actually we uh rent uh my 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 wife was working at lincoln center at the time and she got us this uh this room a studio at lincoln center just finagling it on a weekend nobody's there and so she her boss let her let her let us use it and um so when we were sending out uh, audition notices to people like hey come to lincoln center and audition people thought we were like we must be legit like we must be <laughs> production if we're the auditions are at Lincoln Center but we weren't you know we we're just you know it's no name uh indie low budget project though but it, it got people to come up we had to see a few people a lot of people we were bringing in for certain roles um 
you know, we didn't like, but then move them around like, like, uh, uh, Alex, um, uh, uh Danny, um, uh, he first came in for, um, he first came in for Paul and, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't good for, for Paul. And then after we've auditioned so many Pauls and we finally landed on Gore and I, I love Gore from the beginning. He's just, he was just such a good, he's such a good actor. Um, mm -hmm. And then, but I realized like, there's nothing wrong with Danny's acting. It's just that he was just auditioning for the wrong part. So then I brought him in for Alex. And then when we just had him do an improv scene, um, just and it's just an improv scene, tell me why you love putting on haunted houses. And he just went on this improv, you know, just dialogue about what he loves about scaring people and making haunted houses. And it was like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is Alex. And, and it worked <laughs> out so well, but it was, a, it was a long process, um, casting process, but it worked out, you know, and you, you do a lot of, um, you see enough people, you know, you'll find, you'll find the right people. You know, we don't, we don't have casting people or anything, casting departments. It's just, uh, it's just us. So it's a process I always say, but if we just see enough people, we'll eventually land on the right people. And um, it's, so it's, it's, it's long and tedious, but it worked out. How long did it take for you to cast your members and film Hell House? And just, uh, was it a few weeks, a month or how long did it take? I, we filmed in uh, May of 2014, and uh, I think I started the audition process in January. Um, so from the first auditions uh, to when we got to set for the first day of filming, you know, that's like five months, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's just a lot of uh, prep we did. Um, uh, you know, the, the script was written. By the time I started casting, the script was locked. And we're ready to go, and and then um, I uh, so we I locked the script sometime in 2013, and I said like you know right after the holiday, I'm just gonna get this film going, just stop delaying, just the script's locked, it's good, let's start casting, get the cast, and and make the damn film. <laughs> um, and so I just started telling that to everybody who was already involved with the film, and like we're making this, it's gonna be May. Um, and uh, so it's just a lot of trips back and forth out to Angie and getting, you make sure she's right in her end and she was uh, getting the cast together, getting, then getting and finalizing the crew. And just, and we worked with a great crew. Um, Brian Harnick was our DP. Uh, um, Alex, um, our makeup artist, uh, she was uh, amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the sound people from uh, uh, everybody was just like, you know, some people were very new to their positions, but did like excelled at them. Like, you know, I've, well, I've never done this before, but I never you know, was a production manager before, but I'll, I'll try it. And we're like, all right, we'll see how this goes. Um, and they did, everyone did a great job. So it was a, that's what, and everyone had a fun time too. It was a fun shoot. Uh, everyone, you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't grueling or anything like that. It was just, a, it was a yeah. fun shoot that everyone was happy to be part of. Well, you mentioned like Angie sure. was your production designer. So yeah. whenever it came down to actually creating the haunt itself mm -hmm. and she, it was, a, that was an actual haunted house. She said, right. So yeah. did she have to make any kind of modifications to what was already existing? Or did you guys use kind of like yeah. little pieces of what was already there? She, um, she will use a lot. Of, obviously all the set pieces were hers. What the biggest modification she had to do was design um, I needed her to design a new route, um, a route through the hotel that she does it a certain way. I needed to be done a way that like leads us around, gets finalizes us in the basement so that that could be where the, the bottleneck and the chaos happens towards the end of the tour. And then everybody tries to run out and then we get out of the house, we get out of the hotel in a certain area. So like we, she had to like rearrange the route, which means like, rearranging a lot of her own tour to fit how the blocking 
of the the chaos tour, the the you know the tour from hell happens um, because we we have to hit these certain points. We have to be in the kitchen, then we have to move to the bar, then we have to be in the basement. But then once we're running out of the basement, we have to be able to get to the back of the hotel, and run out to when the fire trucks pull up. So she had to do a lot of that, figuring out how do we get from A to B to C to D, and then to get to E and F after that. Um, so that was the biggest thing she had to do. But, but while using her own props. I, I think she did order something special, um, but not much. And pretty much that, and that was the, that was the beauty of like why I wanted to film in an actual haunted house because most of what we need is already there. Um, yeah. Instead of having to design, have, having to create one from scratch in an abandoned place, I knew that was going to be very tough um, on a limited budget. So that's why I said let's just take that out of the equation by already having it in place. But we need a we needed a a, a place a location that can be both a functioning haunted house and also have the look like it could have been abandoned for years too. Um, and that was part of the the whole location scouting thing. And, and, and that's the thing about the Abaddon Hotel or the Waldorf or Angie is it has both. That looks like a beat down abandoned hotel, but it's also very functioning as a Halloween haunted house. So it was able to do both, you know? So all three of us here have found the movie years later through streaming services. And we really didn't know much about about it at all didn't really hear anything about it and we found it and fell in love with it but what was the initial reaction after the movie was filmed and released uh both from fans or of horror genre and financially uh well it's it's um i think with every we're not unique i think a lot this happens to a lot of low budget um indie films especially horror is that they pick they slowly pick up an audience um it, and nothing happens i think the only overnight success uh movies are the ones that um have bigger releases like theatrical or something like that. It's really hard to be an overnight um, success in any movie when you're go straight, when you're straight to VOD with no, you know, no marketing, no commercial, no, 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 no advertising or anything like that. So you just, it just has to spread through word of mouth slowly. So, and that's been fun because I, I kind of feel like I get to um, relive this release of this film over and over. Cause it's always seems like every year it's found like a new group of horror fans, a bigger group and it grows um and so i have people that are just finding it for the first time avid horror fans and it's what they didn't know about when it was released in what like 2016 2017 mm -hmm. um and it's just a it's slow and 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 I, I think that's fine i i i know that the it was always going to be a vod movie i know you know um delusions that it was going to be a theatrical movie though but i knew it was going to take time to find an audience um but it did it found an audience it, however slow that's fine I was a patient person, but it was just good to know that um, it, it was just very, um, once it came out and it slowly trickled, people started finding me on Instagram or Twitter and, and reaching out, say, hey, saw house, loved it. It was just very relieving because I knew, I didn't know everyone was on board for this kind of scare. I knew I was, and I knew that I love this kind of scare. I'm going to put that into Hell House. And then when I started getting a lot of messages from people, it was like, phew, okay, other people like this kind of scared too. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was like, it's not just me, all right? This resonates with other people. And so it was just like, all right, that's that's good. Good to know that there's like-minded people out there to just enjoy the subtle stuff and, uh, you know, and, and don't need everything explained. Although a lot of people complain about a lot of things weren't explained, but um, that's it's fine. But um, uh, financially, it's just, you know, there's not... Um, it's small budget, so it's not uh, it's not a hard to overcome. Uh, you know, you're not in a, in a huge hole like you would like if you have a million dollar budget and you're straight to VOD movie. You know, your investors are probably never going to see that money again. <laughs> but 
<laughs> when you keep your your um uh you keep your budgets low you're usually able to uh pay everyone back uh, as long as you're not uh you know your budgets aren't exploding so it, it was okay they did my i was able to eventually eventually pay everyone back so they're happy <laughs> they, they didn't, they didn't, my investors didn't come <laughs> they didn't come after you yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, well that's a good thing that's a good thing right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i told them they're gonna have to be patient but and they were which is fine so <laughs> nice. I always tell people like i always tell other filmmakers it's a lot easier to ask a lot of people for a little money than a few people for a lot of money because um uh because then if you have to wait years for them to make you know, a thousand dollars back. It's a lot easier than waiting years to sell someone like that. Ten thousand you gave me, or that twenty thousand, fifty thousand you gave me. You're gonna have to wait. It's just keep it small. Um, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to keep budget small in film. Film is a very expensive thing to do, though. But that's where you got to be. You got to do things. You got to be very clever. Be able to keep your costs down, and then you won't have to. Uh, your your investors won't show up outside your place with pitchforks. And, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> So, um, with the whole Hill House franchise, rumors have it, and I don't know how much you can talk about it, but are we going to get another uh, rumors Hill House LLC Origins, the uh, Carmichael Manor? Yeah, yeah. The so the Carmichael Manor is um um something I've been working on. Uh, I'm excited for this because I've always I've always wanted to make the the subsequent to I wanted to make, but I was always hamstrung and. Uh, I always felt like I was I was writing with an arm tied behind my back because um, we're in the same location and when I'm trying to scare people in the same location for three films and it's like uh, I wanted to I wanted to tell a story but I also wanted to get out of the Evanon Hotel and I was very happy to have burned the Evanon Hotel down the ground in the third one because I was like now I definitely can't go back there's nothing you know <laughs> um, but I didn't know what was going to be next for Hellas or if there was going to be anything ever uh, for it um, but uh, I, I this idea clicked in my head. Um, about some of the origin stories that I wanted to pursue. And then, and just like, just like I was saying for the original, just a seed was in my head and just kind of grow, grew and grew over time to where I was like, oh, this is actually a cool story with a lot of good scares. And, um, uh, and it's not, uh, I think it's an, it's an original story within the world of Hell House. So um, it's, we're shooting in um, April. So pretty soon. And um, it's going to be out on Shudder. Um, in uh i think i think october you know late september october is, is when they're they're planning for it though but um this i uh, yeah i'm really excited about this it's just because uh, it's just it's 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 different than what we're used to with hell house so um it's just in a new location new new whole new story um and, and so i think uh people are gonna really enjoy this one i like the scares in this uh our, our location the actual car miracle manor is awesome it's just it's it's a it's a real manner and it's a manner that is it was like it seems its sole purpose was to make a horror movie in um and it's finally wow. getting to live up it was this place was built in 1916 and it's taken all those years for it to finally live up to its true why it was built in the first place so <laughs> oh you got me excited for it i'm ready for it now yeah yeah it's gonna be it's yeah, gonna be good. yeah yeah no, that's so. awesome yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that'll be uh, in the fall, which will be perfect. And, you know, Trevor has been great. Um, I, we have fun partnering with them for and get, uh, putting all the hell houses out with uh, Shutter. So mm. 
it's been great part they're great i uh they they always put out great movies um uh uh their big found footage film they put out i think it was last year host was was amazing so like uh, found footage films have a great yeah. great home with uh with uh shutter we were actually just talking about hosts that was the ultimate pandemic kind of yeah. horror film. It, was, it was great yeah. i loved it it really yeah. was yeah yeah they did such a great job with that they're they're very clever at how they how they were able to do that the scares were great i think the scares were great. and it wasn't it was like a very short movie too oh yeah um, yeah and i gotta remember that uh my my scripts always run long uh and i try to i try to i try to always get them it's so hard. People always say you got your script's got to come in around ninety pages. And nobody wants a horror film that goes over ninety minutes. Well, I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Mine's hanging out at ninety six. So you're gonna have to deal with it. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so with Sh- so with Shutter, so you're working with Shutter with the the newest um, Hell House. Do you have any? Do you have any other like partnerships with Shutter? You worked on anything else past Hell House in the future? No, so I do have a film um, I shot uh, in 2021, the fall of 21, that is still in post-production. It's not Hell House related. It's not found footage. It's uh, it's a traditional narrative uh, movie. It's been it's just been in post-production for a long time. Also because the film length was very long uh, and the producers wanted to get it really cut down as close to 90 minutes as they could. And I presented them with a challenge because my original cut was uh 125 minutes mm-hmm. um so obviously i i i um i i agreed i said i know this is very long <laughs> i know we're gonna have to go to death <laughs> so it, it, it took a while to find the best routes to get it down closer to um you know into the 90s um and then once we did that um our editor did a great job um in working with our producers to to, to really get it down to a good scale um and then, and then since then, pictures finally locked, and it's uh, it's being scored, and um, and the effects are being added right now. It's just I've never I'm not used to a film taking this long and being in post production this long. I'm used to the Hell House yeah. movies where I kind of I, I I shoot them and I get them out maybe like uh, within a year. Um, and uh, this one's just to take a long time, but it's gonna be worth it. It's called Eight Two Five Horse Road. It's just a it's just a good old fashioned ghost story, and I'm really excited for this to finally come out. Um, but where it's going to go, I don't know. I mean, it could be Shutter, it could be anywhere. I, I don't uh, I don't know really know. It's really um, the producers I worked with on this um, Epic Level Films a production company. Um, you, they'll I'm sure they're gonna be figuring out where to where to put it um, mm-hmm. and. What's going to be a good home for it, um, you know, some, somewhere digitally or something like that. I don't know if that's going to be Shutter or somewhere else. You know, and that might end up being in the fall too. I don't know. I think it would be great, um, but uh, I just don't. I can't say. Well, I won't say no to two movies at the same time frame coming out together. I'll definitely watch those. So <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I don't know. I like it yeah, might be a little too much. It's it's too much of me. Maybe at one time, maybe we should spread them out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> After you press back to back for those, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I I, I, I I was just thinking, like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be out in the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> Save that, but I don't know. It's just I've been wanting for this to come out for so long. It's just um, uh, I just hope it. Uh, you know, I think we're we I think we will be finished up with it by the summer, um, and so maybe maybe the fall release would be an ambitious 
uh, timeline anyways, but, uh, I'm just, I'm just anxious for it to get out. So mm-hmm. does you work I, with, I, as it come out at over, you know, over a score, uh, hell, I was fine. I just wanted this movie to get out. Did you get to work with any of like your original cast or crew with this one? Yes. Um, so produce my producer, Joe Vandelli, he's been working with me on every film. Um, and he is so funny. He always plays a small part as a cameraman in every single film. Um, in all three hell houses, he played, he dies as a cameraman. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and in uh, 85, he's a, a cameraman as well. Um, just a small role, but it, he's also, but he produces every, every one of my films. Uh, and he's been, he's a great collab, uh, <laughs> a collaborator in that, in that respect. Though. But, um, uh, he, he's like, how am I dying in this one? And I'm like, well, it's probably, <laughs> you're probably holding a camera. <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, uh, okay, Vanessa Shepard in, um, uh, Hell House 3 mm-hmm. is the, yeah. uh, is the lead, um, uh, or the co-lead, um, in, uh, in A25 as well. Um, she was just a great actress. Um, I, every time I, I casted her in both, uh, uh, Hell House 3 and, and 825 I'm just like I'm just glad I got you for another film because sooner or later you're going to be too big to work with me again um, and you know you're I'm, I'm not going to be able to afford you <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna lose my number soon um, and she's just such a yeah uh, just an amazing actress and um, uh, and so she and, and then I worked with uh, two other actors um, the other leads in the film in 825 uh, that I've never worked with before and they were just it was just amazing working with them as well but 825 has a really large cast so I was just able to work with such a big cast and you're going to see there's just so many characters um, and it was fun just every day meeting new actors and being in new scenes and working with such a large group of people um and uh, it was, you know, this is a bigger production than I've been used to because the Hell House films are, you know, 10 days, 11, 12 days shoots. Um, and this one was a 22 day uh, shoot. And uh, it was, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a fun movie. Wow. I'm definitely interested because you said ghost story and large cast. So I think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. I think it's going to be yeah. cool. It's a, it's a cool, the way um, I wrote the story was that I always describe it as, um, uh, Pulp Fiction as a ghost story, and when I say Pulp Fiction, I mean in, in the way the narrative is told in Pulp Fiction, the inner intertwining storylines where you follow one character and it overlaps with another character, and then we see how that comes back, and so it's just told through the characters, told through the POV of three different characters, and we see those storylines uh, intercross each other throughout the movie and come back and forth. So yeah, that so cool. is exciting. Yeah. So yeah, and. Um, uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why um, it's been in post-production for so long is the, the edit. Uh, uh, everyone was worried, of, like, are, are people going to know this or different perspective, what perspective we're in and everything like that? And and there's an argument going back and forth. Are we over-explaining it, under-explaining it? So we're trying to meet halfway. And so that was like a long debate and it, it pushed the edit, made the edit go long. But um, uh, I think we found the perfect middle ground and uh, for what we've locked the picture on. So Nice. I'm always a fan of under explaining, not over explaining things, kind of leaving a lot to the audience to think about. And, and what I always tell people, if, if they're if they're thinking about it, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, and if people that means they 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 enjoyed it. And if they're talking about it to someone else, you know, what did you think happened here? Then that's that's a good thing. And and I think when you don't explain things, that generates um, it generates a conversation, generates a the interest, the mystery in your own head, and. Um, 
you know, you try to piece together. And I always say that makes the film rewatchable because a lot of things that you think are unexplained, they are explained if you watch things carefully and you go back and see okay. things. And that's a hell house too. People ask me questions like, why, why was this? I was like, well, the answer is there if you really look for it. Um, it's not like, it's not really actually unexplained. It's just not handed to you on a platter. And, and so um, that's the difference, so. And that's what makes Hell House so good because you can go back and watch it again and you can catch things that you missed yeah. the first time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of film. I love seeing, catching subtleties that you never caught before. Um, yeah. Nice. We'll be I always right. try to write a lot of those moments into into Hell House. And so, yeah, I'm glad that, that, that it, it worked out I and mean, people are picked up on that, so. Nice. Well, we always ask our guests kind of like what they've been watching lately, because obviously we're, we're a podcast that always chats about different horror movies we love watching. So have you checked out anything recently that's really stood out to you? Uh, um, I am watching every the series, all the series that everybody's watching. Um, uh, but uh, no, it's the thing when I'm. I'm right now I'm in uh, you know pre-production on Hell House post-production 825 um, and also in development on other films I kind of I go I get into this bubble where I don't want to watch any other horror films when I'm in this like this crossover bubble because I'm like I'm like I'm gonna start getting influences and and then I'm gonna start doing things and I when I watch horror films it's in a it's in a it's in a very tight window when I don't have anything going on when I'm not in the midst of like making things yeah. I don't want to be uh, I always feel like uh, I might end up like subconsciously taking an influence or something and putting it into my story and, and not intentionally. So I always try to just, I want, I don't want any outside influences of what's going on in horror. I want to write my own story and then later on see, you know, go out and, and watch all the other movies. But um, so I'm behind on a lot of great uh, horror movies that I really want to see, um, uh, you know, like Smile being um, one of them and uh, um there's so many other great ones. I'm so excited for the Evil Dead movie to come, uh, the new one coming out soon. Uh, I think I'll be in a good place to be able to watch that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, anything I've seen lately? No, um, I'm watching. Uh, I did start the. I I did start the uh, the new Jack Ryan on Amazon. I feel like comfortable to watch that. It's not horror, so I don't feel like I'm going to be influenced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything out there you guys recommend? Oh, you, so, right. you go ahead, Mike. Go to Rick. So I have a daughter that's 10 and a half, and uh, she's kind of gradually showing so much interest in just scary movies, horror movies. Uh, haven't let her watch your films yet because I don't want to, like, you know, scare her away so where she won't come out of her room. And Paul drops but, so many F bombs. He drops so many F bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I love Paul. Uh, absolutely, you know, huge fan of him. And I'll tell you who else I'm a fan of is Mac as the actor, uh, character, huge, huge fan of Mac, but, um, back to watching. So I've kind of got into watching, uh, Wednesday with my daughter. Um, oh, yeah. great. It's awesome. Oh, I mean, do you, you have children, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't know their ages, but I don't know if you're letting them kind of explore into watching things, but I'm a huge fan of Wednesday. Got to check that out. If you can squeeze in, Good Some time for yourself. No, that's good to know. I and that, I loved everything I've seen about Wednesday so far. Every picture, trailer, uh, every clip, everything. It just I'm mean, like, this looks amazing, and I, I can't wait to dive into that. And and my my wife is always pushing me like, when are we able to watch? Like, I want to watch Smile. I want to watch this. I'm like, not yet. I just need. I need. I need. Like, we got a big list of stuff, and that's definitely on it. That's a good mm -hmm. rec. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would definitely check out. So my biggest surprise from last year, um, and it's best to go in it blind. So if you haven't watched anything about it, just watch it blind completely. Um, Barbarian. It's absolutely bonkers. It's fun. It's scary. It's so many people have told me that too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Oh yeah. Everything, Chris. Yeah, I got such a good list compiled. I'd actually recommend something that's on Shutter right now. Uh, it's another found footage style movie. I don't know if that kind of blocks you from wanting to see it, um, but it's called Deadstream, and oh, it's one no, of the- I saw Deadstream uh, when it came when it came out in October. That's great. It's great. Uh, I was actually, I wanted to bring that up earlier too. Uh, I loved Deadstream. I thought that was so well made. I love the main actor, the guy. I think he's so like just funny. He was great. Uh, I, I loved the way it was shot. I mean, I think um, that location was amazing that they found to shoot in. Um, mm-hmm. Their their effects were awesome. All those ghosts were so well done. Uh, it's just yeah that and that's a we were talking earlier about like different ways to shoot found footage i think that's a that's a different way of found footage um all those different cameras they they had uh it, i thought it was incredible i was a huge fan of that movie in the, yeah, in the they, they, found, they found a really good way to blend the comedy aspect with the horror yeah. aspect and it worked perfectly yeah yeah i mean i mean he should he should be uh he sh- he he should have got an Oscar uh, nod for for everything he did. Uh, he, was like one, he was a one-man show. I know. Uh, I was so surprised to hear that he basically just did the whole thing himself. Yeah, yeah. And it's him and his, uh, I think it's him and his uh, sister, I think, um, uh, are the, both the filmmakers behind that. And they're mm-hmm. both, uh, they seem uh, immensely talented. And I can't wait to see what they do next. Well, for Hell House 5, there you go. You could just be the main <laughs> character, the director, the editor. <laughs> No. Awesome. <laughs> Listen, yeah, if we can was... sign a contract right now, we need 12 Hell Houses. And I mean, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going to be fun. I think I'm just excited to get back in the ever since we, we shot the three in 2019. Um, and so, you know, I just, it's my heart is with in this world. And so it was, it was just fun to get back into it, but get back into it in this whole new way um it's original way not and i just feel like i'm writing hell house from scratch again and not just kind of like on top of what's already been done um so i'm excited for this yeah it sounds like yeah, you have a lot of too. great stuff coming up so i'm i'm definitely this is gonna be a big year for you it sounds like so i'm gonna have to check out both of them and um yeah i'm excited no yeah yeah, we're, no, yeah appreciate that we're definitely gonna keep our eye on anything that you work on because you've already caught us caught our attention with the first film that you did so i mean imagine you know everything else you release we're gonna be there right there watching it so and, yeah and thank you for just uh taking a chance on that i know when you're flipping through amazon or wherever you you see it and you know you, know, you take a chance in a movie um thanks for you know picking hell house i, I know you have a million million options out there and that's a and that's that's the thing with an oversaturation of content. So I always appreciate people just uh, take a chance and watch Hell House, and whether they love it or hate it, um, you know, it's just always just glad glad you clicked on it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So Stephen, uh, something we like to do uh, with our guests, uh, if you didn't care to do this, is we would like to have you do an intro for our show, just kind of stating your name, your movie you worked on, and uh, just say like welcome to or you're listening to Fright Fights podcast. Just real quick, something that we can edit at the beginning of our program. Uh, say that again. I got to do the intro. Um, yeah. So just maybe, there's uh, a lot. There's so much, so much instruction here. I don't. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize. 
um, to just basically state state your name um, and what films you've worked on real quick, mm-hmm. um, and then just say like uh, you know you're listening to Fright Fights podcast, and it'll we'll kind of edit that out and we'll put it at the beginning of our program. Uh, yeah. Um, do you need my height, my birthday? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Do you need just like the sexy time. radio That's voice? You're listening to. <laughs> We, However, you we, we appreciate it. As sensual as you want to make it, it's fine. <laughs> I don't do sensual. If I try to do sensual, it's just creepy. It's uh, not, not creepy in a good way. You know, that's. Lose the well, mask. Now it's gotta be <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Um, this is Stephen Cognetti. Live on Zoom. I did Hell House LLC. This is the worst intro you're going to hear ever in your life. And you're listening to... Oh, cut, cut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're just keep all that in there. It's hilarious. This always it, makes it's, fun. Um, it's, it's Fright it's fright Fights, right? Fright Fights, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. <clears throat> I can't believe you make the guests do this. All right. <clears throat> I, I guess this is why I'm behind the camera, not, not in front of it. <laughs> Especially, especially you give me a script. That's where I get all nervous. And like, you need to sit, uh, I'm like, all right, how am I going to say this? And uh, all right, <clears throat> this is Stephen Cognetti. You're listening to Right Fights. There you go. Well, that's thank good. you. That's not good. Oh, no, no. Uh, Oh, you know what? Here, I got. It. I got it again. Okay. <laughs> Stephen Cognetti, director of Hell House LLC. You're listening to Fright. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it. We're keeping it. Just like I love it. <laughs> yeah, listen, no, I'm gonna get this right. Fright, fright fights. Oh, I hate scripts. Oh, now I feel so bad for actors. Um, this is Stephen Cognetti, director of Hell House LLC. You're listening to Fight Frights. <laughs> I love it. You will never forget us. You will never forget us. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. No, no. We'll piece it together. It's cool. And you're listening to <laughs> poop, poop. <laughs> I, I, I'm terrible. I'll just use all those together. It'll be fine. Oh man, you guys, you guys are you guys are cruel. <laughs> I'm but sorry. It's probably, like a re- it's probably like a really cool thing that all, every other guest does very well, uh, and then you throw it to me, and I'm like, uh, uh, blah, 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 uh. <laughs> Awesome. Steven, thank you so thank much you. for joining us. It's been a, it's been an honor talking to you about not only your films but other horror films as well. Uh, lots of fun, and uh, sorry I tortured you there toward the end, but uh, we <laughs> definitely appreciate you having you know, having uh, on the podcast. Yeah, no, appreciate it, guys. Sorry for mumbling that, but uh, no, loved it. I had a great time. Awesome, thank you, sir. Appreciate All you. Right. Take care, guys. You have a good one. See you. See you.